Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I don't need no water down. I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch My Big, Big Fat, Fat Greek, Greek Wedding. Wedding. Now, this can't have been the first time we have seen this movie before, right? No. Uh, I have seen this movie many, many times. I saw it in theaters. Same. I do want to highlight that even though we are all in the same house together in Kansas City, we are recording in separate rooms. <laughs> yes, I sent Paige and Mikey to their rooms and I am recording from the very spacious looking kitchen. Oh. It's not as spacious as it looks. I have seen this movie before. Oh, have you, Mikey? A few mm-hmm. times. I really like it. Yeah. I would like to start the podcast off by saying I just got into Kansas City from Chicago. Right. Where I visited Chicago. Why? It's not architecturally significant. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't. Buildings are buildings. <laughs> buildings are buildings. <laughs> no, I had I had a great time. You hear that, building writers? You can go get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Building writers. Like, what is that? You don't even need them. What is this, baby toys? <laughs> yeah. But I had a good time. I did eat Sufu down there. I did all the things that I said I wouldn't want to do, except for do the boat tour. I wasn't able to do the boat tour. Well, it's because you didn't have Dylan Mc... Dylan Mc... Dylan McDermott. I, am I having a stroke? Dylan, <laughs> I was trying to say Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney at the same time. Well, if you were Mikey, you would have just called him by his Christian name, Dilly McDermy. Dilly McDermy. <laughs> Isn't that what you called him during our uh, The Mountain Between Us episode, Mikey? I don't think the answer's on your phone. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first uh, experience with this movie like for you Paige? so we went and saw this movie as like a bachelorette thing for my aunt's wedding right so my aunt my mom my grandmother my sister and i and a couple of my other my aunt's other bridesmaids went and saw this movie in theaters and there was hardly anyone in the theater because it had been out for almost a year at that point, which I'll cover in fun facts, that this movie is in theaters for over a year, yeah. which hardly ever happens. It's super rare. Unless you're E.T., yeah. Yeah, unless you're E.T. Uh, and so we saw it in theaters and being a loud, large Italian family, uh, there there was a lot of commonality in this film, I would say. Uh, and we all laughed and cried and had a good time. And I've seen this dozens of times since. I feel uh, coming from a loud 
a loud Southern family that they also had camaraderie with this film. I think it does like speak to people with big, loud families and overbearing families. Are you loud? This movie's for you. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it's also something that, and this is going to not be my experience, but I assume is the case for like second generation people who have moved from other countries where like your parents are from that country, but you grew up here and there's always that culture Mm -hmm. shift between you and your parents. I have some friends that are like that. And I see a lot of that in this, even though my friends aren't Greek and it's not like the same sort of cultural shifts. It's like different little things, but yeah, I see, I saw that a lot growing up, but again, that's me on the outside looking in. I honestly don't know because that wasn't my experience. Yeah. I would also say, and I remember thinking this and I mentioned this on the last episode, but I definitely remember, remember thinking it watching this as god what year did this come out 2002 okay so i'd either just turned 15 or was about to turn 15 when this movie came out okay and i remember feeling like this was one of the first times i had ever seen someone who wasn't didn't feel impossibly skinny to me sure yeah in yeah, a yeah. positive role yeah where people didn't constantly make fun of her looks. No one talks about her weight at all in this movie. But no one talks about her weight at all. Her dad says she looks old a lot, but it's not played like she's fat or anything. He's just like, you look so old. And even in the voiceover, she says, he's been saying that since I was 15, you know? Yeah. She did look old at 15. (laughs) And again, to call her plus size would be a misnomer. She is not. She is still definitely straight sized, but just not. And, and, I think this is like the level of thin that was the norm in films in the early 2000s, late 90s was so extreme that this is so different from that, that I actually, this sounds terrible. I remembered her being bigger. And when we watched it today, I was like, man, she is thinner than I remember, but still not like the extreme we were used to. And then the one time I met Nia Vardalos in person, I remember thinking like, Oh, she's just a normal sized person. Yeah. But it's just in contrast to everything else that was out. It seemed radical that she would be the lead. And we'll talk about it in fun facts. The studio did not want her to be the lead of this movie at all. That's so dumb because this is based on her like one woman show, right? Like, yep. Mm -hmm. She has to be the lead. This is like her story. Yeah. Interesting. I I love the movie. You know, it got a ton of buzz when it came out. Like, I think I had to go with my mom and aunt and grandmother at the time. I I, I think they're like, we got to go to the movies. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure. But I really like that. You know, the movie's not about how love can make you better or like a guy can fix you or whatever. She like really tries to better herself and then get the things she wants. And I, and I like that. Yeah. It it truly is about her making choices for herself to make her life better, but not changing who she is, which I think is huge because this is a movie that even though it does include air quotes, a makeover, it is a makeover done because she wants to and not in a way that drastically changes her appearance. It's, It's just her the best version of her because she wanted her life to be different and had things that she aspired to. Yeah. We talked about this and we had the benefit this time of all watching the movie together Yeah, because we're in an Airbnb in Kansas city for our live show. And like uh, we were talking about that during, because the glow up, if you will, happens before you ever meet the like main dude character. Really? Like you, you see you him. Meet him once, but yeah, you've seen him once, but she has not encountered him again. He's not like a fixture in her life. Yeah. And she's not sitting there thinking like, I'm doing this for him. It's, her saying, I'm doing this for me because I'm tired of my life being the way that yeah. this is. 
and he then gets kind of pulled into that whole sort of life glow up. But it's very much this idea of like being true to you and making choices to try and make your life what you want it to be attracts people to you. Yeah. In a way that is very tangible because people can see the confidence and enjoyment that you have in your life. But I really like that she didn't glow up to get the guy. She glowed up before she even really met him. Yeah, she glowed up to get a life that she wanted. Yeah. And I I love that. Yeah, I dug the shit out of that too. And I also love that even though she makes some choices that are different from what her family or her culture would want, her glow up does not divorce her from her Greekness. It is just in addition to. Yeah, she's still pretty Greek the entire movie. Yeah, still pretty fucking Greek. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But just the idea of like... Her her glow up does not mean getting rid of some of the things that are unusual about her as much as it is embracing who she is within that world. Yeah. And my experience with this is very similar to what it sounds like Mikey's experience was. Like my mom dragged me to this movie because uh, she hadn't seen it yet either. But she was like, everyone's talking about it. We should go see it. And I was like, I don't want to watch it. It's going to be stupid. And I remember like really digging it when I saw it. And then I went back and saw it a few more times in the theaters. Uh, and I, I don't think I've seen it actually since then. So I probably it's probably been like 20 years since i've seen it yeah every girl i know loves this movie yeah 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 but i'm not a girl and i i mean i still like the movie but i I, it's not one of like i would watch a lot right but it's good yeah this is actually a a weirdly a weirdly healthy (laughs) rom-com this is too healthy too healthy for todd you heard it here first (laughs) no i i liked it it's fine I hadn't watched this in probably 10 or more years. And to the point where there were huge sections of the movie that I had completely forgotten. But yeah, this is a, a weirdly healthy rom-com. But I like it. It To me, this movie proves that rom-coms can be healthy. Does that yeah, make sense? I agree. Like, yeah. You can make a rom-com that is both charming and funny and endearing and would have made me cry if you two weren't here uh, without <laughs> complete and utter dysfunction. Yeah, that's fair. And those will make those make great movies, but poor episodes. Oh, I don't know. I think we got some <laughs> yeah. fun stuff to talk about in this episode for <laughs> sure. We got some shit to talk yeah. about. I mean, because her dad is wildly racist. Like that is something I and misogynist. Don't... Yeah, it's, yeah. It, both of them, and it's not portrayed as okay. You know, it's portrayed as wrong. But it is a fact of who he is, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He is very pro-Greek, which that's great. But, like, dude is very anti-everything else. <laughs> but anti-everyone else. Yeah. He's so racist. He's racist against other white people. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think he hates white people the most, which I get. Like, that's... I get yeah, that. Yeah, he needs to give it up. The, uh, the Battle of Thermopylae was, like, way long ago. Like, I mean... I mean, there have been more recent ones for sure. Yeah, but like Greece but, yeah. has been pretty downhill <laughs> since then. <laughs> These fucking Spartans walking around Chicago. Right. I can't even fucking stand that. Like, shit. what have you? Like, what have you done since the three hundred? Oh, all you I'm created asking. democracy. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> hey, our local oracle says that those Persians are no good. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed the movie. I like that it is very from her point of view, and I like that a lot. There was a lot of voiceover. Well, yeah. yeah. The voiceover is one thing I would probably change. Yeah, me too. But it does really feel like a one woman show, which I'm sort of here for. And it's like she's good. Viewing it as a kid, I remember thinking it was funny that he was so like, it's Greek or it's crap, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but as an adult, I'm just like, oh, this does not bode well for someone who lives <laughs> in in a society where not everyone is Greek, which is like most societies. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if yeah, except for around, like Greek society. Like, yeah, even Greek society is not entirely Greek at this point. So I did love, and I don't think I fully understood it as much as a kid. But I think 
Todd, you commented on it today as well. The love and acceptance that her younger brother has oh, for her. Oh, yeah. yeah so I good. love that. I love it so much. That's what almost made me cry yeah. today was her relationship with her younger brother. Yeah. I remember crying in the movie theater over that just because it was like so sweet because there's that moment where he's getting baptized and he, and she's like, I think at any moment he's going to be like, yeah, right. You're not worth this. I'm out. And her brother looks at her and he's just like, no, you are worth this. Like, yeah, you're you amazing. Yeah. One of the things that's really striking about that scene where she says, I'm not worth this. And he says, yes, you are. Is that he's the first person to say that she is. Yeah. I do love that they put Joey Fatone in this movie and he has like three lines and is in two scenes. Yeah. And I remember it was a huge deal. He was in the movie back in the day. Yeah, me too. I mean, he was like in. Yeah, it was he huge. was in the trailer as much as he was in the movie. Yeah, he's barely in it. He does a bunch of stuff with Food Network and Impractical Jokers. Just a bunch of like Italian meatball guys pranking each other. You know. I mean, good for him living his best life post in sync. I mean, that, I I don't hate that for Honestly? him. Honestly, yeah. No, I'm here for it. Yeah. Anyway, I I do love. He is the first person to not find fault with who she is and to say she is worth it. The brother, not Joey Fatone. Yes. Yeah. Everyone else in the movie gives her a million reasons why she should do things and why she should expect a certain level of things. And it's always like, because you're Greek and because this is the way we do things and because this is what you need to do to fit into this Greek world. And her brother is one of the first people outside of Ian, obviously, who basically says, no, you are worth a life of happiness and it is worth someone trying to make you happy outside of this world, like outside of whatever our culture demands, even though in that scene he is doing what her culture demands. He's basically like, it is worth it for you to have what you want. Yeah. Because you are worth it. Yeah. Which is very touching. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, it holds up. It held up better than I thought it would. Aside from the dad's blatant racism, I was like, I thought it did hold up pretty well. But he's as racist as the dog from the mountain between us. <laughs> I don't know if he's that racist. That is rough, <laughs> as the oh, dog wow. would say. Oh, wow, Paige. But do you guys want to get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene? Sure. Let's get to it. So the movie opens, uh, and the first thing that you notice is the Playtone logo, which Playtone has done a handful of other movies later on. It's usually anything that Tom Hanks produces. Yeah. Uh, but it's named after the the record label in that thing. That thing you do. You do. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk in fun facts about how Playtone gets to release this movie and why. But just keep that in mind for later. So we open on a rainy morning in Chicago with a title card that says Chicago 5 a.m. And it's Tula and her father Gus driving to open the restaurant that morning. And as they're stopped at a stoplight, he just turns to her and says, you've got to get married soon. You're starting to look old. Yeah. And this is where her voiceover kicks in, where it's basically my dad has been saying that since I was 15 because good Greek girls are supposed to do three things marry Greek boys, make Greek babies, and feed everyone until the day we die. We cut to the restaurant where she and her dad are opening it up. It's Dancing Zorba's. And she kind of goes through what her childhood was like. It was kind of a fun montage where she's like, the other girls were like skinny, blonde, and delicate, but I was a swarthy six-year-old with sideburns. And I was like, <laughs> oh, same. Hard same. Yeah. As someone who has never been thin and delicate and has always been a brunette, hard same. <laughs> <laughs> but they even have like a flash to like girls at like in the cafeteria, right? Right. And like the girls immediately make fun of like what she's eating or whatever. They just do whatever Who's they can that? to like otherize her, you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And all of it is her family's commitment to their Greekness, if you want to think of it 
like that. Um, where she also talks about they got to go to brownies and Girl Scouts and she went to Greek school. Yeah. And my favorite is the word problem in Greek school where it was like, if he has four goats and she yeah. has nine, how soon will they marry? We cut to her kitchen where her mom is making them food. And it, she is using, now this is Paige's dinnerware cookware corner. Um, <laughs> We're about to get a Pyrex talk, Mikey. Oh, here we go. Oh, you're, you're about to get a little Le Creuset talk. Uh, it's an oval stoneware, essentially, oven. They, they would call it an oven or a uh, like a roasting oven. But they actually didn't make those until about 15 years ago. <gasps> so it's wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, this movie was filmed in 2002. <laughs> so they definitely had it in 2002. Yeah. I mean, give or take. So, yeah, maybe about 20. So that was 20 years, 20 ago, years yeah. ago. Yeah, They were invented by the Greeks. That's why it's in this film. <laughs> <laughs> well here so if it were accurate to the time frame that they're actually like displaying in the movie it would have been one of their cast iron pieces instead which to be honest is probably what you should be using in that format but the stoneware one which was newer at the time cost less so i suspect that's probably why they did it fair enough because this movie had a very small budget, yeah. as we'll talk about. Is this also where we get the flashback where her dad is like breaking down words and showing that Not all yet. words are Greek? Okay. Yeah. No, this is the one where we get we get a flashback to her mom where she's like, I don't want to eat this food. And she's like, what do you mean you don't like food? When I was your age, we didn't have food, which we will find <laughs> out is very true that like her mom comes from like a, a war torn part of of the world and that was probably her childhood yeah a little bit but it's just to me it's always struck me as a very funny thing to say of just like what do you mean you don't want food when i was your age we didn't even have food yeah like we didn't have shoes we had to walk uphill both ways yeah in the snow right in greece <laughs> you know snowy snowy grease yep uh, we get a shot of their house which again looks like the parthenon with columns and statues in their garage, which is the Greek flag. In case there was any doubt as to what country they yeah. were from. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe Mexican? Uh, <laughs> so we cut to her dad driving them to school. And this is where he's kind of quizzing them on, you know, things the Greeks gave them and like what, how he can relate any word to being Greek, yes. essentially. Yeah. And this is also where we find out about his obsession with Windex, that he believes Windex cures any skin disease. I think this is the thing that stuck with me the most about this movie, yeah. which I'm not proud to admit, because there's a lot of great stuff in this movie, and this is not like one of the great things about this movie, but it was one of the funniest, I think. Yeah, well, and it's I find it really interesting. I noticed, I noticed it this time. I don't know how much I had noticed it in previous viewings, but as they get to school and she gets out of the car, he says you should be proud to be Greek. Yeah. And we experience a lot of this movie where maybe she's not so proud, but at the end of the movie, embracing herself, including that part of herself, is what ultimately makes her happy. Well, when it comes to cultural pride... There, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. I would say her dad's going a little extreme. I think maybe she has to come to hit in her own her own way. But yeah. I think he he's pushing her in a way that makes her want to run from it. Yes, exactly. Well, and also I think everyone in her childhood like othered her through her Greekness. Right. So she like wasn't a part of the popular crew because she was Greek and swarthy and or whatever. And her dad, I think, is from Greece, right? Like he moved here with yeah. eight dollars in his pocket, right? So like, yes, he's very proud of where he came from, which that makes sense to me. Right. 
we cut back to their house where she talks about him, her dad bringing his mother over from Greece, who definitely has some sort of dementia or Alzheimer's and is continuing to relive the war with the Turks, which is... (laughs) terrifying when you think about it in practice but pretty funny in the movie it's very it's played very funny in the movie but that war was terrible but like they also yeah i think the grandmother thinks their next door neighbors are turkish even though their name is like mrs white or some shit like i don't think mrs white is turkish but i i think it might be the opposite i think that occasionally the grandmother thinks that her family are the turks because she's running from them a lot of the time okay 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 and is always hiding in the basement or on the roof or whatever when that neighbor eventually brings her back over but one of my favorites is in this scene is that she's and she's subtitled but she's like you're not kidnapping me and the whole family is there just chasing her with casserole dishes (laughs) like they're just so happy that she's there and clearly this is a family that displays love through food which is like a hundred percent my family too yeah, my <laughs> but yeah. just the image of her running from people trying to bring her casseroles cracked me up that's so funny yeah in my mind whenever we don't see her on camera she is in mrs white's yard planning her murder of mrs white because she thinks <laughs> mrs white is turkish but i do think you're probably right i do think it's she thinks her family is Turkish yeah and she's constantly trying to escape them that makes more sense but I enjoy my murder plot theory a lot more than yours I I think one of the things that I enjoy most about Yaya is that in the movie her moments of lucidity are uh, only two lanes one bored and annoyed that she's there which I love (laughs) you mean like at the wedding itself when she's just sitting there like like at the wedding or when they sit her down to watch TV and and they're like hi yeah yeah and she's just like (laughs) or oh god a bunch of Turks yeah or it's the most (laughs) touching scene in the entire fucking movie oh yeah when she brings the like photos of her wedding and shit like that and yes which makes me sob every time but like that that's the only the only things you get from yaya annoyed super touching escaping the turks that's it (laughs) and possibly planning murders (laughs) <laughs> and possibly yeah. pl- plotting murders That's yeah. kind of like me except the st- escaping the Turks part <laughs> Anyway th- Her voiceover continues through these first Few scenes that voiceover goes For like the first 15 minutes but she's Basically taking us through kind of what her day Is like at the restaurant while we hear About like hey nice girls nice Greek Girls who don't get married Work in the family restaurant basically that's how She's ended up there yeah and she Talks about being 30 and in the culture way past her expiration date and we see as her mom and aunt arrive at the restaurant in the morning and they're like you closed last night why are you opening this morning and she's just like i have no life this is all i do and i am sad yeah (laughs) like it's not great i think it is pretty clear that she is a little maybe depressed is not the right word but she is sad like, yeah no i would say that's the right word i don't think yeah. she really likes where her life ended up yeah and one of the things i really like about the movie is that she proactively takes steps to change it and it's not for someone else it's only for right. her and i i love that about this movie but that's like one of those things that when i first saw this i was like i think too young to get that yeah i was agreed. just like oh good for her for finding a man even if he wasn't greek that's great and they sort of accept him that's awesome you know i wasn't thinking about like how 
this sort of subverts a lot of tropes in rom-coms, especially at this yeah, time. Yeah. That's what I noticed yeah. today watching it yeah. as opposed to before. Yeah. This first kind of scene in the restaurant basically takes us through almost all of the family members we need to know. So like we meet her brother, Nick. We meet her cousins, Nikki and Angelo. <laughs> we meet her uncle Taki, her aunt Vula, uh, her mom, her dad, her oldest sister, Athena, who is constantly either pregnant or or holding babies in this movie. Yeah, I think she has four kids when the movie starts, and she has another one over the course of this movie. She has three when it starts, okay. and then has the fourth, oh, which that's we right. figured out as we were watching this movie, because right. we were trying to determine how long they dated before they got married and stuff in this, because it seems rather fast, and a lot of it's told through montage. And what we realized watching the movie, it was very, very subtle, yeah. is that her older sister starts the movie not pregnant, then by mid-movie is like a few months pregnant, then by the end of the movie at the wedding is holding a baby that is a couple months old. Yeah. So this entire movie takes place over like a year and a half. Yeah, at least a year, but probably a year and a half. And potentially two, to be honest with you, depending on when she gets pregnant. In the credits, which we, I'd never noticed this before, but in the credits, the sister character is pregnant again. And the credits are six years after the wedding. So like she could have had a few more kids. Like in my mind, her sister has 25 kids. <laughs> I would say that her sister has at least a soccer team. I, I would say she's <laughs> pregnant with her sixth. Yeah. Because because I would bet in those six years she has another one and then is pregnant with another one. Yeah, that's like that's like my family. Like in this movie, when she's talking about how she has like 27 first cousins, I was like, I have 80. Like I have in the 80s of first cousins. That's so like so that's bad. Welcome to Mormondom, Mikey. Yeah, I I have 18 first cousins. See, for me, so half of those are step cousins. Which ones can you marry if you have that many? (laughs) None. Only second and third. Uh. I could technically marry all of my step cousins, but my granddad had eight kids with my grandmother. And then when my grandmother passed away, he married another woman who I think had seven children. The family gatherings when I was a teenager were fucking nuts. Like it was hundreds of people. Yeah, I well, and mine are all on my dad's side, which is not the Italian side, but they're almost all women as as well. Yeah. So as a straight lady, I I can't. I have I have like almost no cousin marrying options. Uh, shucks. Also, you're married <laughs> already. Paige. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. This isn't a problem I have. Although, uh, on on the Italian side, we have like a step cousin. Nice. A, a relative <laughs> suggested my sister date one time, which we were like, no. But yeah, I mean, I have I have like 18 first cousins. And of the ones that are about my age, there's probably like six or seven. And so we kind of grew up around them all yeah. the time. So like our family gatherings were huge because it's like six or seven or eight families at a time all of them with kids roughly the same age everywhere. Yeah. And then now as an adult, I have cousins that are 18 and 20 years younger than me. Oh, so yeah. they've wow. only known me as adults. Yeah. Like yeah. I have family yeah. members, like my mom is the oldest of eight. Right. So like a lot of my aunts and uncles that are around her age that have kids, my age, we were pretty close, mm-hmm. but a lot of my family lives in Utah for obvious reasons and like I don't super get along with their beliefs so I'm not really super close to a lot of my cousins which I think is a little sad because they're great people I'm sure but I just don't know them that well oh Utah jazz fans I get it yeah (laughs) yeah they love jazz that's what it is it's a basketball team no I know I know 
I'm just I saying have, they don't typically love the people that created jazz music until 1978. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you mean they also don't like the people who play for the Utah Jazz? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mikey, did you have a big family or is it just because like you grew up in like rural Georgia? I grew up outside of Atlanta, first right, off. Yeah, rural Georgia. Oh my God, no. <laughs> first off, no. But my extended family is a big, loud Mississippi family right. on both sides. But because your mom and dad didn't have a sister, like is that why you're having so much trouble finding someone to marry? <laughs> so when you say wow, big, the, loud Mississippi the, family. The Utah guy talking to me about marrying cousins. Hey, I've never lived in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, Mikey, are you saying that like instead of a goat on the lawn, in your family it'd be a gator? No, that's Louisiana. <laughs> Have Miss- you ever had gator? <laughs> yes. It's not terrible. It tastes like a really tough chicken. <laughs> like a story from my mom's childhood is during Thanksgiving, all of the adults got super wasted in West Point, Mississippi, and they took the turkey out of the oven to use it as a football outside in a game they played, and then my mom had to drive all the cousins to get Sonic because my family has an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. <laughs> I'm serious about Thanksgiving. Food. Not the holiday. Don't really care if we celebrate the holiday that much. I just like cooking the food. <laughs> and Paige, I wish you were cooking it for all of us. You can come for Thanksgiving if you want. Oh, I got invited to something, Mikey. I mean, we have a small apartment. You're going to have to stay in a hotel and shit, but like. I'm already staying with them that weekend. So, Oh, is that why I had to stay in a yeah. hotel? Oh, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made me sleep on the couch while he cuddles with Jake. It's a real awkward arrangement, but. You know, what it's can just you do? Platonic. As long as I get McCready, I don't care. McCready's only nice to me when I come back from being away. And then and sometimes it takes a day where he's just like, oh, you're back. But then later that night, I'll find him all cuddled up next to me. And I'm just like, I knew playing it. Playing aloof. Yeah. Toxic men. Bastard. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Toxic cats chew linen. <laughs> <laughs> when I get home from like being gone for a while, my cats will be like, oh, you're back. And then like the second it starts storming outside, they're like all up in the bed wanting to snuggle. Like, yeah. Paige, when he talks about him and his six cats and him coming home to him, do you picture myself Pfeiffer and Batman return? <laughs> now I do. <laughs> they just all lick me in bed. I'm like, I don't know. The weird thing is I'm wearing that same outfit, though. I sleep in that. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing it, not the cats. See, this is just reminding me of, of the trashy romance novel I read yesterday for self-care. Todd, I think I showed you the cover. You did not. Oh, you showed me the cover. Yeah. It's called Highland Treasure, and on the cover is a, I would say, Witcher-style looking man with a lot of abs. Uh, that looks like Jesus. Well, now you've ruined it. It looks more like <laughs> Cesare Borgia than actual Jesus, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yo, Cesare fucks. There's like eight people out there laughing at that Cesare joke. Everyone else is like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I'm okay <laughs> Everyone with else that. is like, we don't have showtime. <laughs> so we cut to her dad, her aunt and her uncle talking about Tula in they're in one of the like little booths in the restaurant. And they're like, well, what if we send her to Greece to get married? Does she not want to get married? Like what's what's wrong with her? Essentially. And she's within earshot. Yeah. She can hear that. She doesn't have an opinion. She's not married. I oh mean, in, in her dad's eyes, that's kind of the case, which is. Oof, it's not good. But we watch as she takes the trash out to the dumpster and sits and basically looks at a pamphlet for essentially community college. But she's just like, I got to do something so that I'm not stuck here forever. Um, And the voiceover goes over that of just kind of like, I wish I had a different life. I wish I was braver and prettier, but nothing changes. And then John Corbett walks by or Ian is his character's name, walks into the restaurant. And she's kind of 
immediately taken with him. And I think in some ways the movie portrays this as the inciting incident for her changing her life. But to be honest, I think it was already in progress. Yeah. No, I don't think it's the exciting incident. I just think it's a kind of characterizing how she looks at him as like something she'll never get unless she makes change. That's what I yes, think too. Yeah, exactly. Because in this scene, she already had the pamphlet for like community college computer yes, classes did. or whatever. So she was like already in the process of bettering herself. She was just in the early stages of it. And I say bettering herself. Right. I don't really mean that. I mean like just changing her life in a way that she wants it to be, you know? Right. But I really do love the the way she looks at them because the music is like very like neat cute ish but if you change the right. music it looks like she wants to kill him like it looks like she <laughs> is her great grandmother and he's turkish right or or she's like a huge fan of his books and he wouldn't get out of the cock of duty car and she's just <laughs> waiting to take a sledgehammer to his ankles oh um, man yeah no i feel you yeah i do really like that she is standing right next to like Ian and Ian's friend and like just staring Ian down like oh and is yeah. like super into it and they notice her and she doesn't even stop at that point like it's very funny to me yeah she doesn't even stop I think one of my favorite things as well so if you're unaware the other uh character who I, I think is Jimmy I think is his friend's name yeah uh, but he's played by an actor named Ian Gomez and that is Nia Vardalos's actual husband that the play is based on <laughs> So he had to watch this other guy play him in a movie, make out with his wife, marry his wife, bang his He's wife. Like, did like, he have to have long flowing hair? Well, yeah, because the real Ian's I, bald. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit in fun facts. The one woman show she makes is not exactly autobiographical. There's oh, some okay. things that she takes. And part of the things that she takes is the fact that Ian, her husband, because her husband's name is actually Ian. Uh, does convert and get baptized in the church for her. So like that's one of the things that kind of goes into the story. But yeah, it's and we will also cover in fun facts that the the studio didn't want either of them in the movie at all. And so that kind of plays into who they choose to produce the movie and some of the other choices they make as far as casting. Interesting. But, okay, cool. Yeah. So uh yeah, she is smitten by him. But again, I think you're right. I think it is a thing of like I will never have him. Yeah. And she's distracted. She doesn't get him coffee. They end up leaving and paying for the food. Okay. So I just realized that it just hit me that like her real life husband in the scene asks for coffee and she gives coffee to like the guy yeah. who becomes her husband, like the character playing her. That's wild to me. Like that scene yeah, has to well, have felt so weird as her husband playing like the ugly no, best friend character. Fun. Oh, I'm sure yeah, it was no, hilarious. I, like I would laugh through that. Like that would be funny to me. I Well, and I think it's also when it's part of a performance and you know, it's going to be part of a performance. There's yeah. A there's a disconnection there it's not you, you kind of compartmentalize it emotionally yeah like sex uh, i'm sorry what <laughs> and i'm sure based on the relationship my husband and i have about things that i end up doing for performances or whatever i'm sure they probably talked about it and made sure everyone was gonna be okay <laughs> sure before they did it so you know Anyway, uh, my favorite is that her husband is the one who basically sees her crouching behind the counter and just goes, keep the change, and then walks away. <laughs> I've always really liked <laughs> yeah. that. 
that was pretty great because she's like squatted down behind the bar, like where the they pay. Right. It's so silly. Yeah, her awkward hiding from guys is uh, too much. Well, it's she only much. does it to Ian in this movie, and it's very funny that to we me. know of. It's got to be a nervous tick. She probably does it to everybody. Yeah, there's probably a lot of montages they cut where it's just her doing it in like school. <laughs> she like has a crutch on like the football star, and he's like on the field, and she's like crouched down behind the fence or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you? Have neither of you ever done this where you just see someone in person that you're just like that person? so insanely hot and I just want to stare at them but if they catch me they're going to think I'm creepy and so I'm just going to stay kind of out of their field division. No, just me? Okay. No, I have never done that. I've always been afraid of like... Missing out. Well, I yeah, maybe <laughs> but like I think it's a different look on a dude who's staring at a woman so like I just don't oh, do yeah, that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Sure, we've all been <laughs> yes. peeping Tom. What are you talking about? Yeah, like what you just described for you is charming. What you just described for me is a felony. It's a felony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine though. No, but as <laughs> as especially as a younger woman, I have not done this recently, but as like a teenager or something like super hot dude or even at school where it's like you don't want to be noticed. Does that make sense? Cuz not being noticed is easier than being noticed yeah than being noticed yeah, yeah, easier yeah. to manage than an interaction with that person yeah no i understand yeah. that like dynamic but it's just different if i'm lurking in the shadows staring at a woman who's changing right. in her room like i would be uh michael j fox's father in back to the future and no one wants to be that dude you <laughs> no. get your damn hands off, off of her, her. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like you remember He's you're calling him creepy in a movie where her son tries to fuck her in that car. So like, yeah, it's actually her that tries to fuck yeah. Michael J. Fox. Let's, yeah, with his gas. But because she thinks he's Calvin Klein. Yeah, because that's yeah. what his underwear said. Look, if someone yeah. tried to have sex with me in high school, you would just assume they were trying to murder you, and you would have backed away. Yeah, yeah. my last guess would be there are relatives who came back in time to save me from something. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. But now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I should just start writing other celebrities' names in my underwear. So that like if I get in a car accident or something, the EMTs are like, oh my God, it's Lady Gaga. Hang on. Hang on. What's she doing here? I have to unpack a few things. First off, oh my gosh, this is obviously not Lady Gaga. This must be Lady Gag A. <laughs> it's Gaga, guys. It's Lady Gaga. It's Gaga. Hang on, I have to unpack some things. Do you guys like do you guys write your name in your underwear? No. no. Which is how I'm gonna end up buried as Jane Doe. Okay. <laughs> There's no other way to identify right. me. So for me, I just wear a toe tag at all times that says Mikey Randolph. I don't want there to be any Ugh. confusion as <laughs> to who killed me. I could honestly be monopolizing on the situation. Like, what's stopping me from just like... I cannot record like this. Both of you are outside the screen and it's <laughs> driving me bananas. I'm sorry. I'm laying down. Uh <laughs> Todd walked off. Todd walked off. Like, I'm like, who's talking? What is happening? I walked into the hallway because I wanted to see if I could hear you guys from the hallway and I can't. I can hear your loud radio ass. Oh, my God. You think that's loud? Todd was high the other night, and I've never oh, seen Todd louder. I am not loud when I'm high. I don't think people like me when I'm high. <laughs> Lies. I think you guys hated me when I was high. I was Aww. laughing quite a bit at you because I found it very funny. But that's also how he tricked you into dancing with knives. That is true. I wonder if the fans know I was high when I recorded that video. 
And then if you watch the video, I mean, I think it would worry know. them more that you were throwing knives <laughs> under the influence. God, I can't believe I caught those knives, guys. <laughs> so high. See, this is why Sebastian Stan hasn't retweeted it. He knew you were high. Oh, you mean close personal friend of mine, Sebastian Stan? <laughs> I'm just saying if Sebastian Stan wasn't a coward, he would <laughs> respond to my dance off. Okay, now he's a coward. Damn, Todd. Like, Listen. this is... I didn't see him flipping knives in his dance, so... So is this a challenge? You're challenging him to flip knives. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds great. Let's do it. Great, great, great. Everyone pivot from tweeting at Wingstop. To tweeting at <laughs> Sebastian Stan. Please don't... Actually, hang on. Please don't call him a coward, but let's try and get to the bottom of whether he jerks <laughs> off with that metal arm. Because I, I have questions about it. I mean, here's what I will say. People have presented a lot of evidence to suggest that the Winter Soldier is right-handed and therefore would not jerk off with the metal arm. However, there is some debate as to whether or not actor Sebastian Stan is right or left-handed. And also, we have found out that the metal arm is full of lube. So you tell me. <laughs> you got to have some sort of like substance that keeps it loose. You know, you got to like. Yeah, they use KY jelly. So I'm just saying be. that like it's gotta prepped be. and ready to go. Yeah. I don't know about all this. What? You don't know about the lube? Because he's talked about it in interviews a lot because people sent me a lot of videos <laughs> of him talking about how much lube they put in the arm. And I was like. Man, life is so goddamn weird sometimes. <laughs> Indeed it is. Anyway, this is also where we see that Nick drew like a new menu and tries to show it to his dad and his dad's like, no thanks. I mean, it did look pretty shitty. No, I thought it, it looked, looked good, great. actually. I, well, I can't draw for shit. So like maybe, Mikey, you're just like an artiste, like a Andre Gazetta level artist. I tend to doubt it, but like I thought it looked great. And so does the one later on that he shows him. I think it looks a little bit better later on. Looks better than a certain painting of a hamburger restaurant. <laughs> if he was drawing for their kids' menu, I would have been on board. What? Wow. Rude. Wow. <laughs> what are you Oingo Gablogian over here? Just art criticing all over the place. <laughs> Don't you make fun of my family's restaurant. Well, maybe if they had menus like that, it could still be around. Yeah. Wait, is it still around? I didn't fact check that before making that joke. It's not. It's it's in a museum. It's in a museum. Mm. The whole the whole uh, train car diner is in a museum. Yeah. Fun fact: that train car exists on one of the stones of the Cross of Coronado. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Tupelo City Museum. Okay. Cool. 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 So, can we still eat at this restaurant, Mikey? No, but I can cook you the burgers uh, that they used to make. Mikey, I demand you cook me the burgers that they used to make. Okay. Should we put some of that chili dip on them? No. There's a certain way you create the burgers and chili dip is not a part of that is a key ingredient love mikey no and in fact for you it definitely won't damn work. it i was just really trying to get him to tell me he loved me does the process include vitamin water because if it does i'm out <laughs> it does <laughs> no it also includes a lot of eggplant emojis page <laughs> my grandfather swung a bat between his legs and i do too <laughs> It runs in the family. They're called duty burgers. <laughs> Wait, are they really? Yeah. It's Duty's Diner. <laughs> the shit you were making fun of me for. His name was Duty? 
Yeah, Daddy Duty. I'm not even joking. Schnooka is my dog's name. We call her Duty Boots. All of your pets have really stupid ass names. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No stones thrown because you're like, yeah, do you guys want to eat duty burgers? No, I don't want to eat shit burgers, man. (laughs) That's not what they were. I mean, like, that's not what shit was called in the 40s or whatever, the 30s when the diner was around. His granddad did not fight back the Nazis to come back to Tupelo, Mississippi to make burgers for a living for us to make fun of his name being duty page <laughs> that was my family legacy that's fine how dare i how dare i draw that association at all <laughs> that's fine that's fine that's fine I, I mean if we're gonna make fun of family names that's fine that's fine go for it i have an aunt named boots is his last name actually burger because that'd be awesome <sighs> no that'd be like james cash penny <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you the last names of my ancestors it's not 23 and me this is my big fat Greek wedding <laughs> you can't trust us with that information we might no. use it against you y'all are mean fuckers <laughs> Says the person who makes fun of my my brother being dead a lot and my feet a lot. And him being a skinny fucking bitch. (laughs) You know what, Mikey, he shouldn't get the duty burgers because he's too skinny. Yeah, you skinny little bitch. You wouldn't even like him. I bet I would. I yep. like burgers, though. Yeah, you want me? You want me to make you a slider? <laughs> I mean, I would take a slider. A duty slider? That <laughs> yeah. sounds worse, dude. That just sounds like diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you order? The duty sliders? Oh, you're gonna be on the porcelain master all night, huh? Oh man, oh. I gotta wash these drawers, man. I had some duty sliders last night. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the wedding. (laughs) Hey, are we at the wedding yet? Hang on. No, no, no. We're still laughing about duty sliders. It's like when you try to chance a fart and you guess wrong. Oh, yeah. Was it spelled D-O-O-D-I-E? I don't know how it's spelled. It was. It's on the painting. Well, it's too bad you're not at home because we could we could like actually look at it and see how to yeah, spell duty. The yeah, but yeah, and then if we turned it over, we'd find the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Paige, we have to go to Mikey's house and steal the duty restaurant painting. Was it called Duty's Diner? Yeah. Was it D-U-T-Y? Was it that kind of duty because he fought in the war? I don't remember. It's not D-U-T-Y, but I don't remember how it's spelled. It's not spelled like... Oh, okay. They do a festival... In fact, this weekend, I think, is the festival. They do a festival every year. They do a duty festival? Uh, they do. Yeah, dancing porta potties whole night. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's dressed up like the shit emoji. Oh, how did they pay to license that? <laughs> Mikey is on his phone. He's so mad at us right now, Paige. Okay, okay, fine. Let's move on. Let's get off of duty. Let's squeeze the rest of this episode out. Let's finish this so we can watch Demolition Man until 1 a.m., all right? Yes. That's how we're rewarding ourselves with Pizza Hut and Demolition Man. (laughs) I want stuffed crust. Let's do it. I'm game. Well, of course. There's no reason to order Pizza Hut unless you're ordering stuffed crust. Listen, I don't think we're going to find out what the three seashells are for unless we get stuffed crust. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is where Tula comes in and asks her parents if she can go to college. And her father is just like, why do you want to leave me? Get married, make babies. You look so old. It's very cruel. It's very sad. He does it in this way. Like he breaks down crying. It, it makes me laugh, even though it's terribly mean. He's the worst. He's trying to guilt her. He's putting it on. Yeah. He's terrible. He's super racist. Like doesn't want his daughter to be educated. Like it's wild, but like, it makes me laugh, I guess. It's played for comedy in this movie, I guess. (laughs) It is. 
I do like the conversation that she has with her mom after where her mom is like, I, I understand that you have aspirations outside this and I will help you. Yeah. Well, I think she even gives like a metaphor of like uh, Greek men are the head of the house, but the women are the neck and I can make him look in yes. any direction I want. And I was yes. like, listen, mama, you manipulate this man like a pro. I'm going to let you handle it. And she does. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like healthy communication, like oh, manipulation. No. Like this is not the way you should go about it. But like, if you live in a patriarchal culture, like I could see why this would be something you would be good at. And I don't hate the mom for, doing what she has to do to help her daughter out. Yeah, that's true. What I do love is the overheard conversation between the mom and the dad where he's like, there's drugs downtown. Like, she's already smart. Why does she need school? Like, his reasons are crazy. And the mom is like, what do you think? She's going to get addicted to drugs? And he's like, no, but someone's going to say, take this package somewhere and she will because she's nice. Right. I'm like, this is a wild fear to have. But it is Chicago and I heard everyone who lives there is terrible. (laughs) Every (laughs) single person in Chicago <laughs> terrible Look, you can't take out your anger about the duty sliders on them man yeah oh I can it's happening you got to direct your anger where it's warranted at me no uh, I, my hate for Chicago is as tall as the 103 stories of Willis Tower that I visited <laughs> dude Mikey is still mad about that observation deck <laughs> dude I couldn't have done it Mikey like I w- I'm so afraid of heights I'm surprised you were able to get out there and take photos yeah it was like an outer body experience I've Oof. never been that terrified in my life you manned up in a way I could not have and I'm very proud of you for doing that like I could not have done that I would have been so scared I would have made duty sliders in my pants <laughs> <laughs> Paige I don't know if you know anything about duty sliders but they are so good they'll put them in a museum and two below mississippi <laughs> it's fine that's fine it's all fine you know they that restaurant had to close down because mcdonald's opened up oh fuck late stage capitalism man uh-huh i mean if you want a burger that tastes like shit mcdonald's is the place to go yeah if you want a burger that'll make you duty slider go to mcdonald's if you want a solid yeah. duty slider go to duties yeah exactly yeah mikey if we ever get like podcast rich, I am going to open duty sliders with you. We will put up that painting that's in your house right now and we will straight up like just sell burgers like your great granddad did or granddad. I like how you're like, I want to get famous at podcasting so I can get into food service. <laughs> like, hey, I worked my way out of retail into podcasting. I ain't going back. You can't take me. Paige, I don't know if you know this. Food service is like a really tough industry to break into. So like you've got to find a interesting pathway to get there hey i don't know if you know this but if you have an allergy if something has like (laughs) milk in it you can't have it (laughs) oh man i don't know if we have time to tell that story Paige. but probably not we have to keep it moving maybe for the live show tomorrow we can tell it maybe (laughs) what i do love is tula's mom's argument to this where she's like oh what do do you think you're smarter than me i run the restaurant i run the house i cook i clean i teach sunday school i raise the kids It's lucky for me, I have you to tie my shoes. Yeah. But basically this idea of like, you don't think she's capable, but women in general are capable. How are you more capable than me? Yeah. Essentially. It's just genetics. She has a good point. Wait, Mikey, what? I'm sorry. What was that? (laughs) What was that, Mikey? You were made out of our rib. No, no, we're not getting into this. Oh, (laughs) Mikey. Let me introduce you to what a parable is. Uh, first of all, no one could ever take a rib from you, Mikey. I saw you eat barbecue earlier today. Oh, oh yeah. Paige, he is a master of getting meat off that bone. You would chew the <laughs> fingers off my hands if I tried. 
I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't lose a finger while I was doing that dance because I do feel like Mikey would have dove to the floor and eaten it. Paige, I would chew the meat off your fingers even if I didn't have a case. <laughs> finger meat is not good meat, Mikey. But I love finger foods. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we immediately cut to a montage of Tula going to college and we see kind of incremental changes in her life. And I think this happens over like three to six months. Yeah, probably. So like this is not like right away, but she's like dressing differently. She's doing different things with her hair, with her makeup. She's getting involved in classes. She's, she gets contacts and gets rid of her glasses. Like She gets contacts. Yeah. yeah. And she finds a pamphlet for computers and tourism and kind of sells her mom and her aunt this idea that she could run the travel business that they have. Yeah. The, the travel agency because she could basically take it online and do all the booking via computers and it would make it faster and they'd make more money and it would get her out of the restaurant. It's a change of pace for her, essentially. Yeah. And they agree, but they have to make her dad think it was his idea. Right. Because it's a very sexist sort of thing in their yeah. life, I guess. Yeah, because this is a this is what we call very unhealthy family systems at work. <laughs> yes. But so they sit the dad down in the restaurant and they do this whole kind of back and forth play of like, how are you? Woe to me. Business is bad. <laughs> You're just Aunt like, Tula's my favorite character. Oh, in the whole me movie. too. Hands down. She's, oh, she's Vula, my favorite. Yeah. yeah, She's so good. And like when they go in to talk to the dad, Gus, about this, like Tula is talking to the main character's mom and she's like, don't tell me what to say, but tell me exactly what to say. And then it like snap cuts to them and they're very much like doing this like good actor playing a bad actor. Like, the yes. oh, woe is me. Community theater. I have... Trouble in business. Yeah, it's just very funny to me. Yeah, uh, I work all day at the store, so I have no time with him. Yeah, uh, it's really. But my favorite is when he suggests he's like, "Oh, why don't you send one of the other kids over there?" And she's like, "Oh, that would work." And then they have to like snap her back yeah. to like, "No, it wouldn't," because of the computers. Wink, wink. <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah, yes, we'll send Tula over. You're so smart." Yeah, because this was back in the early 2000s where you could just go yes. get a degree in computers. Computers. I did love that. Just like in the room where it's like computers <laughs> are a very competitive field and I have my job at the bank. <laughs> in this scene, though, the dad Gus, as they're like, oh, that's a great idea. Like fully having manipulated him. He's like, see, a man's brain can figure it out. Gus is like super <laughs> sexist. I want to get a degree in computers and be... Counselor Troy's job of like the computer says it's red alert. <laughs> <laughs> Counselor Troy was also their ship psychic. I'd like everyone to remember. She is multidisciplinary. That's what I am. I'm the psychic of this podcast. I'm a counselor. Counselor Mikey. Okay, Mikey. What's going to happen in the future other than podcasts being a dying medium? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I can't give you that because it would change the future and lead to the end of the world. I can't tell you about You mean future. it would violate the prime directive? Got it. Exactly. I have an idea for a cult we should start. Okay, who's the psychic of the podcast? Well, no, it's just us pretending we can read the future. But whenever someone asks, we're like, I can't tell you because then it will fundamentally alter it and it would rip apart the fabric of time. And like, I'm just more, I'm just too responsible. Spoilers, that's how most cults start. Spoilers, <laughs> people are going to treat each other real bad. Yeah. Oh, no, what? Yeah. That's never happened before. Mm -hmm. And on social media. What? Oh, shit. That was the last place where people treated each other nice. Exactly. <laughs> that was the last bastion of civility, Paige. Are they going to put the cocaine back in Coca-Cola? They're not. They're not going to put cocaine back in Coca-Cola. They're going to put it in Pepsi. 
Oh, shit, I hate Pepsi. <laughs> I know. We're in the worst timeline. Finally, a reason to drink Pepsi, I guess. No, it tastes <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> the cocaine doesn't make it worth it. We are a Coke podcast. We've talked about the it. The new judgment day is when you decide to drink regular Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi with cocaine. Dun, 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 I think dun, it'll dun, still dun. have to be Diet Coke for me because Diet Pepsi tastes disgusting. It really well, you don't know. Does. It tastes better with cocaine in it. I mean, I feel like anything's going to taste a little bit better with cocaine because you'll just be full of business ideas and flavor. And that's what <laughs> duty burgers are made of. Well, cocaine does make you take a wicked shit. <laughs> that's a real thing. Paige, this doesn't mean you need to tell us about your current drug habits. <laughs> no, I just know enough people who have taken enough cocaine to have taken a lot of cocaine shits. Yeah, Paige, Paige was at the gas station today and the guy in front of her stopped up the toilet right he did the quote-unquote guy but now that we've had this cocaine conversation yeah it's starting to make a lot of sense mikey let me ask Mm -hmm. you a question and Paige, you cannot answer did you see someone come out of the bathroom before Paige went into it i did not i saw that one family buy candy before that we bought stuff and no one else was in the gas station I'm just thinking Paige's duty sliders clogged up that toilet. That's all I'm saying. Paige, you can't lie to me. I'm a psychic counselor. <laughs> then, then listen to my thoughts and you'll know the truth. It was a co-ed bathroom and there was like a bro-ass bro in there who flushed like 14 times. And I was just like, what's going on in there? It was taking forever. And then he came out and he was like, oh, there's something wrong with the toilet. And then left without plunging it. And he had just fully clogged the toilet. So I plunged that shit then I dropped a deuce and then made sure it was gone for the next person to come into the bathroom because I'm considerate. You see, Todd, that story is too specific to be true. It is too specific. It's too specific to be true. <laughs> Fuck you. Mikey, I talked to the uh, the guy who was behind the counter after she was done, and I found out that that toilet's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> and then he's like, I sold your friend a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> Did you know there's cocaine in Fago? She didn't buy the Fago, did she? She did, she did. buy a shitload of Fago. Like, Fago. that is a true story. Well, because they only had it in, like, 12 packs. They didn't have just individual bottles of Fago. Well, you got to make do with what you got. Make do-do with what you got. <laughs> make duty sliders with what you got. Sliders is what I've got. <laughs> Gonna dump it in. <laughs> duty sliders. We should, we should have a sliders-themed sliders restaurant. It would be so specific and great. That Hell show yeah. is not good, Mikey. I tried. I tried watching it. Paige, I've never said it was good. I just said it was a show. <laughs> also, that's the point of the show. It's terrible. It's like John Reese Davies and Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't want more of it. I want less of it. In fact, I'm mad that I had to watch the amount I had to watch to get you to watch Outlander, which was a legitimately good show. It's fine. Outlander's fine. It doesn't have the pizzazz that Sliders does, though. If she traveled back there in a Sliders portal, I would come back around Outlander. (laughs) Out, Sliders. She just, like, I touched the stone while eating a burger, and that's how I got (laughs) sent back in time. And I woke up with duty Sliders. Oh, God. And all the Scots in the past are like, what is this small sandwich? And she's just like, it's a slider. And they're like, she's a witch. Burn her. <laughs> That's how I would be. I'd be like, why aren't we making real sandwiches? We need to burn this woman. <laughs> also, what the fuck is a sandwich? I want to invent yeah. time travel, go back in time, and stop sliders and mini sandwiches from being invented. And why, then I come Mikey? back. Fuck you, sliced bread. You're not going to kill Hitler? You're not gonna. You're not gonna try and like stop Chef Boyardee from his murder spree. 
no, you're just going to go uh, small sandwiches. That's the one yeah. thing that needs to change in history. It's the one thing you can change without going back without like Hitler in charge of the whole world in 2022. You don't know that. You don't know what kind of Final Destination series of events you're kicking off. Actually, I do think that we had a leg up in World War II because Hitler was on meth because he had a problem with duty sliders. So they like <laughs> prescribed him meth. Do not honestly that's true i know that's actually true you're welcome i knew you'd get that joke you are not allowed (laughs) to say that my great grandfather served burgers to hitler i will i'm taking a stand (laughs) that's not what he said that's not what i'm saying that hitler hitler kept shitting himself aka duty sliders that is what i'm saying and uh his doctors at the time were like there's nothing that could solve this except maybe meth meth. (laughs) well just think how happier the world would be if there were only full-size sandwiches maybe hitler stayed in art school (laughs) I refuse. They just don't. I can't. Honestly, the real <laughs> villain of history is the person who rejected his art school application. No, they weren't, because his art just wasn't that good, and he thought too much of himself. That is true. It probably would have happened anyway, but we would have all had, like, stupid paintings in our house of, like, restaurants someone in our family ran. I hate you all. Yeah, we got to move on. Hey, Paige, <laughs> if we want to order this pizza, we might have to do it now. Yeah, we should do it now. I can, I'm getting a message from the future. It says, <laughs> I want my own marinara sauce. <laughs> So we cut to her at the travel agency and she's like killing it where she's booking a bunch of stuff. She's keeping busy. And John Corbett's character, Ian, walks by outside and kind of notices her. And she kind of notices him looking at her and she hides behind the water cooler. <laughs> Which is see through, by the way. Yeah, it's not a good hiding place. Yeah. She's not good at hide and seek. Well, yeah, because that water's filtered. Paige, the water's clear. All water's clear, Mikey. Not dirty water, Paige. Yeah, but why would you have dirty water in a water cooler? (laughs) I don't know. What if you want to drink lake water? That's your thing. I don't know. Like Chicago. What if you're like super into getting Giardia, Paige? Ever thought of that? Honestly, I can't tell you how little I am into getting Giardia, but it's like so little. (laughs) What if instead of smart water, there's stupid water and it's like full of algae? (laughs) Mikey, I have a business proposition for you. It's called (laughs) stupid water. You got to call it something else so you can get yoga people to drink it. <laughs> this product is not for drink. Just be like, it's good for your gut biomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a water specifically designed to butt chug. <laughs> <laughs> I love the face Paige made when I said that. It's a horrifying reality. Do you have trouble with duty sliders? Get yourself some dumb water. <laughs> butt chug some stupid water. <laughs> I think we should call diarrhea butt throw up. <laughs> This is why you aren't in charge of our branding, Mikey. That's why I'm going back in time. This this podcast is called Stab Stab Blood Everywhere. <laughs> I'm just going to go back in time and I'm taking you with me. Then we come back and I'm like, now no one says diarrhea. They only say butt throw up. I went and changed the mind of the doctor who named it. You mean Dr. Diarrhea, Mikey? Of the proud diarrhea family? Of the Manhattan Diarrheas? He has a restaurant. (laughs) It's called Diarrhea Sliders. But then, then, what do you do about the song? Because, like, butt throw up doesn't rhyme. So if you're like, when you're riding in a Chevy and you feel something heavy, butt Butt throw throw up. up. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if they had butt throw up bags on planes. (laughs) Oh, turbulence. Turbulence. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. Paige has gone to the just general word association part of the evening, and I'm here (laughs) for it. Southwest has started uh, passing out dumb water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Feel free to butt chug this in your seat. I can't let you guys see me butt chug anything, and I would ruin these these Care Bear pants if I did. (laughs) 
I could probably say I've never butt chugged anything. I butt sip. <laughs> I don't want indigestion. Mikey butt sips, ladies. <laughs> he boofs stuff with one pinky up. <laughs> I'm a classy guy. He's a right proper butt sipper. I don't know where we're going. We should get back to the movie. I do think sometimes we yes and each other into some very troubling places. Yeah, I mean, you're mad about me bringing up cannibalism and you're just like, what if we drank things with our butts? That's technically reverse cannibalism. (laughs) I don't think it is reverse cannibalism, Mikey. (laughs) It's it's unrelated completely. We don't have to get to the bottom of this. Let's move on. Well, I don't think there is a bottom to this. Well, not anymore because we ate it. Sebastian Stan already cut it (laughs) off her. Uh, So we cut to, she's at home with her parents watching TV late at night. And this is where the neighbor brings Yaya back. Yeah. Mrs. White brings her back. Yeah. Right. And Tula kind of gets up and goes to her room. She's kind of exhausted and and bored. But basically it's like, you know, she's doing all this work, but her life still hasn't changed that much. But she's putting the work in. Yeah. We cut to her working in the travel shop again. And again, Ian shows upside the window, outside the window, does the like stairs, whole nine. He's kind of like pantomiming an old lady beats him up. And then I was like, (laughs) do the stairs. And he did it because I he did it. get with ladies. I was like, do something dumb. Act like you're on invisible stairs. Pretend like you're clumsy to be charming. That's Mikey's like go-to. <laughs> Take this bottle. Drink yes. it with your butt. <laughs> <I'm pretending. laughs> do what girls like. I, I'm pretending to be clumsy. Right, Mikey. It's honestly just, it's hard to balance with that vitamin water. <sighs> it's dirty water. Wash your dick, man. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Anyway, so he actually comes into the travel agency and they kind of talk. They have this fun little meet cute and he asks her out and we cut to their date and it's a really nice dinner. Yeah, It's like a black tie affair on the first date. It's fancy. You know what you should do for a first date? Like coffee or drinks or something like that. Yeah. Or a walk, like a hike. Yeah. Deep in the woods. No hiking on the first date, Mikey. They'll never find her again. Oh my God. (laughs) Because she ran away from a shitty first date. Stop it. I do think it's like a hell of a swing. Like if you go to like a really nice fancy restaurant and you hate each other, like I'm going to tell you this. I would rather go to a really nice restaurant and hate a person than go to the woods with a stranger. Do you know how terrifying of a prospect that is? Don't go hiking on your first date. That's how people die. I think sex comes before hiking, honestly. Like I want to know this person intimately before I venture into the woods with them. That's just what I've been telling my husband this whole time. I'm like, I don't think I know you well enough physically for us to hike together. <laughs> I'm going to take, take him kayaking. Anyway, during this dinner date uh, in the movie that we were watching, <laughs> this is where she reveals that it's her family's restaurant because he recommends her family's restaurant to her. And he's like, oh, my God, I remember you. You're that waitress. And she says, like, I was going through kind of a frumpy phase. And he's like, no, I thought you were cute. Like, I didn't find you frumpy at the time. I think that's a super important part of this movie. Me too. And I think that when they first meet in the diner, she makes like a self-deprecating joke. And he's the only one that laughs at it. He laughs at it. I think he's into her in that moment when she is at her most frumpy. Yeah. I agree. Him not remembering, I think, would have been different for me. I think it was sweet that he remembered. Yeah. You know. And he was like, listen, you may have been frumpy, but like, I'm into it. Yeah. yeah I like you like I like my dumb water. Thick. <laughs> thick and butt chuggable. It's thick now? Well, it's got a lot of algae God. in it, Paige. <laughs> I hate this idea. I hate it so much. I'm going to go on Shark Tank and I'm going to be like, this is water from a Shark Tank. 
<laughs> what do you do with it? Well, you put it up your butt. <laughs> yeah. What? Why? No Just reason. Because. Look, why? Why do people do anything? It's it's an existential kind of product. It's a TikTok trend, is really what it is. We're gonna cash in, Paige. Existential product. <laughs> Anyway, she lies to her family about dating him and says that she's taking a pottery class. Yes. But then we dive into their second date where they have kind of, they they take a walk after, they have a conversation about her family and why she's kind of apprehensive about him and like meeting them. Yeah, and she does open up about how her family in her eyes are is like crazy and loud and like there's a lot of them and it's yeah. just like a lot and she's worried about introducing him to them. Right. And so they do have their first kiss. He goes to take her home and she has him park far away so that he doesn't see her house. Yeah. And then he kisses her again in the car before she gets out. And then we get into a montage of dates over an indeterminate amount of time. But I do think it's a few months at least. I think so too. But like they all end with like him dropping her off and them like getting heavier and heavier makeout sessions. And then her like right. ending it and going inside. And like, cause it's pretty clear she wants to like jump his bones, but they're like in front of her house or like down the street from her house. So they're right, not going right. to. And I get that. But like Mikey, if you were on a date and it was clear that someone wanted to like bone down and you had your own apartment or your own house, would you not be like, Hey, why don't we just go back to my place uh god made public parks for a reason <laughs> oh no i'm not gonna bring her back to my place the first three dates i don't want her to know where i live in my head canon he had asked and she had said no i mean that's probably more accurate but when he finally does take her to his place like the first thing she does is like rip open his shirt and jump on him well he he also he pulls up to his apartment and he asks, do you want to go up? And she says, yes. That so is I true. got the impression that maybe this conversation had happened a few times before. I mean, that's fair. We don't see that. Like but on that's text, like on Facebook. Like, like he tattooed it across and above <laughs> one of his nipples. Yeah. <laughs> he visited her at work. was like, do you want to come up to my place later? Well, he does visit her at work and they're like, he's basically like kissing her neck. They're like canoodling. They're canoodling yeah. and her cousin Nikki walks in well, on it. Well, I've never done anything like that at work, so I don't understand why <laughs> they were doing it. Who, who would ever? Uh, but it is implied that he has an erection, which is a joke that completely went over my head as a kid. Like, oh, yeah. I was making the joke and then they, they made the joke and I was like, oh, it's for real. I think I had just yeah. made the joke about how his dick was actually out in the scene and they, he like would not put it away. And then he makes the erection joke. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I just thought he was wearing khakis. <laughs> flesh toned khakis. All khakis are flesh toned. Not yeah, for that's true, everybody. That's the, well, khaki is like a series of colors, but they're, they're white people flesh toned most of the time. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. But we find out from Nikki that the family knows that now she has to kind of answer to her parents for what has happened. And we cut to the house where her father is lecturing Ian. And he's like, you didn't ask me. You didn't oh do anything. God. I'm the head of this house. Yeah. And he just goes, fine. May I date your daughter? And he just goes, no. no. <laughs> I love the way he says that. It's so funny. I mean, it's like terrible. She's a 30 year old woman. And Ian even says that he's like, I mean, I didn't ask you for permission, but she's 30 years old. Like she's an yeah, adult she's an woman. Adult. She can make her own decisions. And Gus is of a different opinion on that for sure. Yeah, well, and as he leaves, because he, he does leave, he has to leave. But as he leaves, he says, I'll see you later. He says tomorrow. He's like, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, this changes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever dated someone whose parents hated you? No. Everyone's yeah. loved me. I'm pretty likable. Yeah, same. Know you know. Mikey, I don't know if you've met me, but everyone loves me. Except for you. I mean, Tony the Tiger's parents were a little rough, but like. I, I don't know, Paige. You eventually won them over. I, I kept hearing them say that you were great. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so he leaves and her dad just says, didn't I say it's a mistake to educate women? Which is a bonkers equivalency to, to jump to. But he's really upset that she's dating somebody who's not Greek and he stomps off to go to his bedroom and then she is basically left in the kitchen with her mom and she just says to her mom, I'm sorry I lied to you, which I think is, I like that she doesn't apologize for dating him or liking him. She just apologizes for lying about it. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that's wrong in her eyes and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Doesn't she also say that she loves him in yeah. this scene? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and her mom just says, I know you've had a little romance, but end it now. And this is where she says, I love him. And her mom just says, eat something, please. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Like, you're not feeling love. You're feeling hunger. Right. I mean, it is hard to tell the difference. We <laughs> cut to the next scene where she's setting the table and her mom is like, oh, your dad's having a friend over. And it's clearly someone her dad's trying to set her up with. And he's gross. They're all gross because we get sort of a montage of like probably four guys and they're yeah. All gross. Yeah. Well, and, and we intercut it with her going to Ian's apartment for the first time. And very clear lines of consent are drawn here oh, where yeah. she like he basically is like, yeah, do you want to? And she jumps on him. So he basically puts the ball in her court for her to be comfortable doing it, which is. Great. Oh, he definitely put the ball in her court. Yeah. <laughs> I need sex page. Yeah, no, I know. But we cut through the other days. There's one guy that has like an intense unibrow. There's a guy that's got pinky rings and a dude with greasy hair. And she just kind of gets up and leaves the table. Yeah. And we cut to a dinner with her and Ian's parents. And they're very bland toast people. I sort of love them, though, because they look sort of academic and they're sitting in like a like a sitting room area, like drinking alcohol and everyone's silent. And it looks like just such a boring evening compared to like what the Greek family is like, you know? And yeah. I really love that like juxtaposition between the two of them. Like if I grew up like Ian did, I would probably want to be with someone who had like a big, crazy, wild family. Right, exactly. And they're definitely trying. They're trying to understand her and get to know her. They're just kind of bland and very quiet in comparison. I would say they're more reserved people. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just more reserved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty boring. Yeah, they are boring. Yeah, I get that. We cut to Tula and Ian in his apartment in bed together and they say I love you which is very very sweet yes and then he asks her to marry him and has a ring the whole thing yeah they're like firmly in the afterglow which is probably not the best time to ask someone to marry you I don't know oh yeah they're almost definitely gonna say yes yeah unless you've planned it horribly <laughs> so we cut to her house where her mom and dad have a conversation about it where he's still upset and he's like why did she do this to me how could she do this to me and her mom says she didn't do it to you or to me they just fell in love it happens yeah and he's like nobody talks to me about anything nobody asked for my permission i thought she was going to be married in the church and this is killing me basically yeah and tula is on the porch overhearing the conversation so she knows what's going on. Yeah. She still lives at home because she essentially has been yeah. li like working for her dad since she was 18 and he apparently doesn't pay her money. Oh, she's probably been working for him, but since she was like 12. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. I just mean since like post college, she's probably been full time at that restaurant. Yeah. 
And I do think she's getting paid at the travel agency because she does say, like, would you hire me? That is true. Yeah. Um, but we cut to the next day. She basically finds Ian at school because he's a teacher. And she asks, like, can we elope? Because, like, I'm so happy with you, but my family is so unhappy. Yeah. And they're unhappy because it won't be a whole Greek to do in the church. And he basically is like, then let's do the thing in the church. Like, what do I have to do? He's like, I don't want to have to sneak around with you. I love you. Yeah. So, like. Like, whatever we need to do to make this happen, let's do it. It's super sweet, man. Like, and he does sort of explain yeah. it to his parents as like, listen, we are of faith, but we don't like have a church home. And like, I want to be, you know, supportive of them and their faith and their community. So I'm going to join their church. And everyone in his family seems pretty supportive of that. Like, yeah, I thought that was great and yeah. super nice that he would be willing to do that. Yeah. And so we cut to her dad who's basically like, oh, so you're going to be baptized tomorrow. You're lucky. It's your lucky day to be baptized in yeah. the church. And then he says, Nikki's going to be your godmother, who's her cousin, Nikki, who's just adjusting her tits as they cut to her. I which thought that was, so was very great. funny. Yeah. And we cut to the actual baptism where he's they oil him up and then they dunk him in a baby pool multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the scene where, where Tula turns to her brother and is basically like any time, any minute now he's going to say that I'm not worth this. And her brother basically says, yes, yes, you are. Yeah, You absolutely are worth this. Yeah. Her brother's like, he's just a high school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a joke. Teacher's a great profession. I'm just making a joke, <laughs> but really he needs the money. <laughs> so you're saying he marries her because she comes from a wealthy family? Yeah, he was all in when she was like, my parents own that restaurant. That's what it was. He does learn that pretty early <laughs> on in their relationship. You're right. He's like, wait, <laughs> your family owns businesses? ka -ching. Yeah, I'll go Greek. <laughs> we cut to Easter where uh, she's kind of explaining all the Easter traditions and he's going to meet the whole rest of the family after he's been baptized. And this is also where we first see that her sister is pregnant again. Yes. To show the passage of time. We're going to need a pregnancy. Yep, exactly. Talking about a pregnancy. <laughs> I love that you got that reference, Paige. Thank you. She then, once all the family gets there, she experiences something that happened to me when I got engaged, where people who mean well are like, we never thought it would happen for you. That's so <laughs> terrible. People actually said that to you, Paige? <laughs> oh, yeah. People totally said it to me. Fuck, that's so mean. Like, on both counts. Like, that's so mean. Everyone in my life is going to say that. You two are going to say that. I will not, Mikey. No. I will be so happy for you. And I swear to God, if I am not your best man. Unfortunately, my great-grandfather will be my best man. <laughs> And anyone who spoke ill of him doesn't get to go to the Yet wedding. again, Paige, I have been upstaged by someone named Duty. <laughs> I don't think this is the first time you've been upstaged by shit. That's what I'm saying. This is not the first time. Yet again, I have been upstaged by Duty. Yeah. So the, the reason people were saying this to me, at least the way I interpreted it, I never brought anyone home. So I dated oh, I a handful yeah. of people, but I yeah. just never introduced anybody. Like... And Jake was the only boyfriend anyone ever met. They didn't realize that there were others that just didn't even make the cut to come home. Yeah. You know, that makes so, sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's why people were like, oh, my God, we never thought we were surprised. We didn't think this was going to happen. But it was because literally they'd had no preamble before that. Yeah. But it's a thing that people say meaning well and feeling like they're excited for you that actually kind of stings a bit. No, it's it's a it. really dick thing to say. Like, oh man, I never thought you'd find someone that could see you for like a person. 
Like that's yeah, really I rough, you were man. Like, super gross yeah. and man, like good on you. Holy shit. <laughs> Someone wants to put up with you the rest of their life. Yeah, they oh. were like, he must be Greek weak. W E A K K. No, key is right. Yeah. W E A K. Weak. He's weak for Greek. You get a page? He has a type, and that type is swarthy. Hey, there's a lot of us swarthy ladies out here. If you're a dude into swarthy ladies, you got to let us know. Because, like... Paige, you're a married woman. Yeah, Paige. I am a married woman. I don't need people to let me personally know. You need to clarify. As someone who's said some things on a podcast that have gone not the way that I thought they would go. If you're into (laughs) swarthy ladies, you need to let Mikey know. (laughs) Oh, God. Because you're going to love my new product. Dirty water. No, don't don't lump us swarthy ladies in with your dirty water. We all know everyone out there butt chugs. Why not butt chug with dumb water? No, yeah. don't do it. Ladies, if you have to wax things that you don't like talking about, join up together at against the dumb water. I don't I don't like your dumb water. Swarmy has some of the same letters as the swamp water. I'm now First of all, it's swarthy, sell. not swarmy. Swarmy? Oh, dear God, oh, Mikey. God. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we got to move on. The pizza's <laughs> going to be here soon, guys. We got to. Great. So we meet a couple other family members, or at least Ian does. So uh, we get her brother who's like, I'll kill you if you hurt her. And we're, we're going to make it look like an accident. He's like, isn't that right, Joey Fatone? And Joey Fatone's like, it's going to be May who kills you if <laughs> you hurt her. It, hey, oh my God, guys, it's April 30th. Yeah, I know. And honestly, right now, and honestly, it's 11.04 PM. So it is almost May. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of May, Dirty Pop, my new dumb water brand. <laughs> Carbonated dumb water. It's just like dumb water, but it's got carbonation. Welcome. Have a nice bottle of Dirty Pop. Butt chug some carbonated water to clean out those hard to reach places. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate you both. It's organic <laughs> and plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you and your plant-based. Algae's a plant. And it is a key ingredient in Dirty Pop. Where would you two be without me? Probably pitching some terrible ideas on Shark Tank. (laughs) Do you like to get sick? Dirty Pop. (laughs) Do you need to call out of work, but you don't want to lie? Drink Dirty Pop. Are you afraid of COVID, but don't want to take a free vaccine, but do want to pay $49.95 to butt chug some water? Dirty Pop. It tastes like apples. It won't go in your mouth, but it does taste like apples. Trust us. Yeah, it goes in your butt, but you'll still taste the apples just water that people used last halloween to bob for apples <laughs> just like apple flavored Lacroix. just a whisper of apples so uh this is the scene where aunt vula touches his hair and just kind oh, of like grips it's, it for it's so bit. funny i love that she's like can i touch your hair and then she like like crinkles her fingers through it and she's like oh oh She's just really oh. liking it. Yeah. And she also invites him over. Yes. This is where she learns he's a vegetarian. And she like yells it and the whole family's like, oh, what? I love that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll make lamb. I'll just make it's lamb. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry that's about how, it. That's how my family is with, with my brother's girlfriend because she doesn't eat red meat. And we're like, well, we'll just go do a roast. Or chicken or turkey or fish. We'll do a roast, Paige. You could do a pork <laughs> roast. That's not a red meat. Stay out of my family. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'll just keep eating sous vide red meat with my wolf husband and it'll be fine. Anyway, we cut to she goes to dinner with his parents and it's very quiet. And this is where they kind of explain that they're going to be getting married in the Greek Orthodox Church. Yeah. And she pulls out her wedding planner binder that Nikki made for her. And it looks. Which is very insane. Funny. Well, it's because like some people get really into planning their weddings. Yeah. And some people just don't. 
<laughs> like, and I don't think there's a right way or a, a wrong way. I think it's up to like the couple no. getting married and do whatever you feel you want to do. Yeah, I will say it's a lot stressful, less stressful to kind of like not get that into it. But I had this thing where when I got married, I was like, I refuse to argue with another adult over napkins because it's not important. Like yeah. that's not what the day is about. Right. And so I kind of. You know, there were a lot of things that I was like, I don't know. I just I'm showing up to get married that day. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So she's got this crazy binder, which is pretty fun. And uh, we cut to her house and they're trying to narrow down the guest list. And her she's like, Dad, we're trying to keep it small. Like we're trying to keep the price down. It's like you would invite every you'd rather go bankrupt than insult anybody. And he's just like, hey, I came here with no money to make a good life for you. This is how I want to do it please let me do this. And this is also where we see her mom spit on her nephew's head. Yeah. Which is, it's a Mediterranean thing for sure. It's the first time we see it, but it does set up that they do this and they do it throughout the yeah, rest of the movie. Yeah, they get spit on at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, they, and they don't really spit on you. It's kind of more of like a an affectation. It doesn't, you, you don't end up with loogies in your hair or anything, but it keeps yeah. the devil away. Uh, Apparently. Yeah. But uh, this is also where we reveal that her mom already bought invitations. So they're terrible too. They are terrible and they spell his, his parents' names wrong. Ian's parents are listed yes. as rodney and harry instead of rodney and harriet and then nikki shows up to show them the bridesmaids dresses that she just kind of decided on and a lot of this is tula just kind of like this is out of her control and she's kind of like you know what sure yeah uh we cut to later that night where her younger brother is talking to her and he basically is like i'm gonna start taking art classes and She's like, that's great. And he's like, I did it because you did it. And it's very this very sweet moment between them, which is very fun. We cut to their engagement party where they're inviting Ian's parents over. And Tula thought it was just going to be the family, like basically like her mom and dad, his mom and dad. But instead, they invited the entire family and roasted like a whole goat on a spit in the yard, which honestly... I bet it tasted fucking amazing. I bet it did. It's actually three goats. If you see it, there are three spits in that yard. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a shitload of people there. Like, there's a lot of yeah, people that's there. True. Yeah. There's a lot of people there. Um, and you know, they in- introduce everyone, and they're like, "This is my sister and their kids, Anita, Diane, and Nick, and my brother-in-law and his kids, Anita, Diane, and Nick." <laughs> and they introduce like four different sets of people as Anita, Diane, and Nick. Do you have? I mean, you've got a, an assload of cousins. How many repeats do you have? Name wise not many at all actually really okay so like i have a nephew that's named after my brother that passed away and that's pretty much the only repeat what about your cousins are like 14 jebediahs or whatever no they all have very different names yeah huh i have a repeat we have two sarahs okay but sarah's a pretty common name yeah but we do have like some early mormon names in the family like oh um, those are fun like my brother's middle name was mckay and that's named after a prominent mormon family that we are uh you know related to uh i mean my brother logan is named after the logan temple in utah like yeah so like we do have some of the the mormon naming but everyone sort of had their own name you know okay there aren't even that many juniors honestly i'm a junior so uh ian's parents come and they bring a bunt cake and the the Greek family doesn't understand it, so that's why they put a flower in it because they think there's a hole in the cake. <laughs> it's just like insane to me that she would not know what a bunt cake is. I mean, that believe it or not, bunt cakes are both regional and cultural, and they come from a different part of Europe. So, like, okay. it's possible that she didn't. I, no, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's fine. But it just seemed wild yeah. to me. Angelo and Nick make him say things in Greek that are not 
nice again. They do this a bunch of times. I love it. I love the one time Nick makes him do it and they immediately realize it was Nick. So both his dad and his mom (laughs) mom slap Nick. Yeah. And then kiss his head. Yeah. But they bring Ian's parents inside and Aunt Vula sits down with them. And this is where she has the, I had a lump. It was my twin. Oh. This whole thing. <laughs> they give them Spanakopita and Uzo and lots of Uzo. Oh, they get drunk. Yeah. Well, it's pretty easy to get super drunk on Uzo if you like the taste of it. So, um, but they end up super duper drunk. The entire thing is super overwhelming. Uh, and as they leave, the the overwhelming nature of it is kind of interpreted by Tula's parents as them not liking them and thinking they were uncivilized or not not you know classy I guess yeah um but this is where we get the dry toast family and as Tula's overhearing this she watches out the window as Yaya tries to run across the yard the lawn and the sprinklers <laughs> come on I love that shot too and it turns her back yeah, it's so funny it is very very funny. So we cut to the school where Ian's talking to his best friend, the one that was in the restaurant the first time. And he's like, hey, I can't have you be my best man. But, you know, like, just know that I would have asked you. It's just the way that the wedding is going to go. is a little bit different. Yeah. And he, his friend is basically like, why are you doing all this for this one person? Like, you know, why is it worth it? And he's basically like, yeah, it is. I love her. Yeah. Like, it is worth it. Yeah. For this, which is very sweet. Like the his friend said something like her family's kind of got you by the short hairs. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like he owns it. He's like, yeah, they're the shit. I love them. I love my fiance at this point. Right. You know, I can't wait to be a member of the family. Like I I really do love sort of how gung ho he is to join like what is portrayed as like a crazy Greek family in the movie. You know, who's rich, a rich Greek family. It's only because they haven't been paying Tula for 20 years. Yeah. I love your take that like. He is in this for the money. And I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, Mikey. I mean, I'm just saying he probably looked up that tradition about the present at the wedding. Oh, you mean when they buy them a house? Yep. Yeah. I mean, they don't. It's not always a house. It just happened to be in this. Paige, I think it is always a house. No. (laughs) No. I mean, clearly, clearly it's not a house all the time. Yeah. It could be a cat from the shelter so you could have a friend. That's your culture. That's not the Greek. <laughs> I was about to say I love cats, and I was like, oh, wait, that probably like is my culture because I have five of them. So uh, she's up in her room with her mom and basically asking her mom, like, is this killing dad? And her mom is like, he just wants you to be happy. Yeah. Like, we came here so you could live a good life, and this is part of it, and there's growing pains, but, like, we love you and want you to be happy. And this is where Yaya comes up and brings essentially the flower crowns that she wore at her wedding and the photos from uh, her wedding and her when she was a younger girl. Yeah. And it's this very touching moment of essentially three generations of women coming together around this wedding. It's really sweet, it's man. Sweet. It is super sweet. Yeah. It makes me cry every time. Yeah. We cut to the next morning, which is the morning of the wedding, and we see her parents' house filled with gifts, including a bassinet, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Uh, But they do end up needing it, so lucky. Yeah. So Tula wakes up. She needs to get the band picked up from the airport, and literally an entire army of bridesmaids is getting ready downstairs. That's when they notice that she has a huge zit on her face. They all kind of rush to help her cover it up and help her get ready. 
when her brother sneaks in and snaps a photo of them in their underwear, which is a little super weird, weird. right? Like it's yes. all his cousins and aunts. Yeah, that's it's his, real gross. That's his family, and he's like, you know what I want? Yeah. A picture of everyone in their underwear. And I get he yeah. would do it to like blackmail them, I guess, or just like I have think something he's specifically trying to get one of Nikki because she's got her like mustache cream on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But still, it, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. She gets him to pick up the band. They cover up her zit. They bring her mom in. Her mom is going to try and give her a lecture about how to handle the bedroom later. And she's like, please let that be the end of this God, speech. I honestly this thought no that good. was so funny. I loved it. Because, the you know, the mom's under the impression that they haven't had sex yet. Of course. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. So they hand her the wedding dress. They kind of get her all dressed up. And it's clear that this is a big dress with a bunch of stuff on it. It's a it's a whole lot. And when they get her all into it, she just says, I'm a snow beast because it's just everything everywhere all at once. Yes. We cut to the church where his side is almost completely empty and hers is completely full. And as they walk down the aisle, they spit on her for good luck. You know, like you do in a church at a wedding. Yeah. It's better for the birds in the bird seed. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But also it's for good luck and to keep the evil eye away. Yeah. It's lucky spit. So uh, we do see their wedding and we see their new set of flower crowns, which is very sweet. Yeah. And we cut to them getting into the limo to go to the reception and he kind of helps her get out of the veil and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, she reveals that she had a huge zit even though she's taking off a bunch of her makeup because it was just a lot. Yeah. And he said, oh, I did too. And she says, where was it? He's like, oh, I put Windex on it. It went away. And I think the reveal that the Windex works is hilarious. Although I do think that after this came out, Windex had to be like, please don't put this on your skin. Oh, I'm (laughs) sure there were people who were like, wait, does Windex actually cure everything? Because we see like her her dad soaking his elbow in it and like what flashback when she's a kid. Like Windex comes up so much in this movie, but never in a cleaning context until the credits when you finally see the dad using it to like wash the windshield of his car yeah that's and my favorite is uh the one where he's trying to tell somebody else to do it he's like last night my toe was as big as my face and i was like you should go to the hospital oh my god you know what's not gonna cure gout for you windex windex yeah well it clears streaks on windows and streaks on your face okay So we cut to their reception and the wedding band is actually playing songs from that thing you do uh, they're playing All My Only Dreams, which is not well, but it's actually, it's kind of a fun little Easter egg if you know about it. No, this band is terrible, and they had to pick them up from the airport, so they flew this band in. They flew them in. Yeah. Yeah. And they're terrible. Um, We get a wedding speech from her dad where he's like, you know, the last name Miller comes from the Greek word Milo, meaning apple, and our name means oranges, so even though we're different, in the end, we're all fruit. Yeah. And this is where they give them a house as a wedding present. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The end game has come to fruit. Fruit Fruitrition, yeah. Fruitrition. I think, honestly, when I look at it, it's it's their family definitively saying, we love you, we care about you, we want you to have a good life together. A different angle. We bought the house next to ours so we can control you still. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It Like, when we do find out that it's next door, it's a little troubling. But, yeah. yeah. Um, then they all end up dancing. We cut to the end where we do get some more voiceover and she says, sometimes I'm afraid it didn't happen, but it did. We got married. A minute later, I was pregnant. And then we cut to six years in the future where they're taking her daughter to Greek school. And she's like, well, I don't, I want to go to brownies. And she says, but you can marry anybody you want. 
And as they walk down the street, we see that they still live next door to her parents and her sister's pregnant again. And that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about my big fat Greek wedding? It's really sweet. It's a good, got a good message. It holds up. Yeah, I agree. I think it both holds up and has a good message. Yeah, I, I still really love this movie. <laughs> Yeah, Definitely. I was pleasantly surprised at how well it holds up. Like, really, the biggest problematic stuff is that the dad is like sort of racist, but he is all and super sexist. But he is sort of played as like this goofy, sort of out of touch character. He's not portrayed as like, yes, he is sexist, and that is the right way to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's everyone's right. racist grandpa. Yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I dug this movie back in the day. Still dig it. It's definitely worth watching. Do you think they're still together? Absolutely. I mean, we know six years in the future they have at least a kid. And I, I think they probably are. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think I think they're still together. I mean, Ian's going to be hanging out until Gus dies and he gets the inheritance. And then they probably will break up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think... For, for me, we and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. This is one of the healthier romance movies we've seen where they're the genesis of their relationship is very healthy and sweet. Yeah. And not fraught with drama. And so I think they did get to know each other on a deep level and they love each other. And so I hope they're still together. Me yes. too. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Big Greek fun fun facts. facts. So in the movie poster and also in the movie, whenever you see the title of the movie, the E's in the word Greek and the E's in the word wedding are made to look like the Greek letter Sigma to make it look more Greeky. But Sigma (laughs) is actually S, not E. So to someone actually reading it in the Greek alphabet, it reads, my big fat ding. So, it's just a fun one. I sort of love that, and I don't know why. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about the one woman show that then begets this movie. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1997, Nia Vardalos, who did come up in Second City, excuse me, came up in Second City and grew up in Canada, wrote and performed a one woman show based on her family. And when asked about it, she has said that she took every Greek wedding she'd ever been to, including her own. And on a scale of one to 10, I turned it up to 11. Okay. So essentially, it's a heightened version of it. Now, she was doing this uh, one woman show primarily in Canada for a while um, and then took it to Los Angeles where the Hudson Theater did a six-week run of the show. Now, the Hudson Theater's not a large theater. It's a small black box, but they oversold the six-week run of the show after she sent flyers to every Greek church in Southern California. Oh, so they oh, sold oh. it out and had to extend it. That's awesome. Good. That's great idea from her. That's Good amazing. thinking. Yeah. So Rita Wilson, uh, Tom Hanks' wife, right. who is also Greek, attended one of the performances with some friends and went backstage after the show because she's famous, so she can. Yeah. And she told Nia Vardalos it should be made into a movie and then sent Tom Hanks back a week later to watch it. And so he then is like, this should absolutely be a movie. Yeah, because he's not going to argue with his wife. No, of course not. But she'd actually been approached by multiple companies to make it into a movie. Oh, really? And there were multiple versions that people had pitched. So uh, one of the companies that wanted to buy it wanted to turn it into a story about a Hispanic family instead. So they wanted to rewrite it. Okay. Um, Disney was interested in buying the story. And that was one of the closest ones that happened. They wanted it as is, but they wanted Marissa Tomei to star in it. Oh, okay. I could sort of see that. That would have also been good, though. Yeah, I like Marissa Tomei a lot. Yeah, but she... 
it'd be that trope of ugling up Marissa yes, Tomei. Exactly. Yep. And I really like that it's hers. It's her story. Yeah, I you think know? this is Nia Vardalos's movie. I like yeah. I can't see it without her personally. Yeah, and I love that she is the star. And there really is no reason why she shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah. And Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks agreed. So that's why she ultimately lets them produce. Um, so she did not believe that they actually wanted to. Uh, and one of her friends had been calling her and pretending to be Tom Hanks to kind of prank her about it. Oh my God. So when Tom Hanks actually called, she had to make him convince her it was him. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But they also had a stipulation that her husband get to be in it because her husband, Ian Gomez, met while she was still in Second City in Chicago and wasn't Greek, but got baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church and won her family over. And they had gotten married about four years before she did the one woman show. Okay. So that was kind of an extra thing. The other thing that had stopped some of the other production companies from letting her be in the movie is that the character's supposed to be 30 and she was 40 by the time the movie gets made and they let her do it anyway. And to be honest, she doesn't look out of place. She doesn't look too no, old or anything. Yeah, no, she looks great. Yeah, she looks great. When the movie finally came out, uh, it actually had a sneak preview during Montreal's Just for Laughs Film Festival. No shit. Because that's where the one woman show had been when it was in. Oh, awesome. When it was in Canada. And that was in 2001. So because this doesn't actually come out till 2002, even though they start making it in like 1999. So the line of I'm the head of this house, but the woman is the neck and she could turn the head however it wants. Yeah, yeah, actually yeah. came from her mother. Her mother gave her that line for the movie. Oh, wild. Okay. Yeah. And she did say that her dad at one point did tell her she should get married because she was starting to look old. Oh, that's so sad. Hey, uh, so I, I would say that sometimes dads say things and they don't think of how mean it could be in the moment. And then sure. looking back, they're like, oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Here's $125 for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on the bride's side at the wedding are all members of Nia Vardalos's family. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, Andrea Martin, or An Andrea Martin, who plays uh, Aunt Vula, is from Second City, um, and she's actually Armenian. But Nia Vardalos had always wanted to work with her because she was Second City, but like long before Nia Vardalos was. And so she wrote that character with her in mind. So that character was written for her to do, which is pretty great. And the scene where she grabs Ian's hair and it's just like too long on the hair. She's like has her hair hands in his hair for just like a beat and a half too long. Yeah. Because she forgot her lines. Oh. <laughs> and so just kept playing with her hair. But they liked the take so much they used it anyway. Yeah, that's great. The actor who plays her father came out of retirement to do the movie. The guy who plays Gus? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, John Corbett had gotten the script but hadn't been able to book an audition for the movie because he was shooting Serendipity, which would come out the year before. And while he was still in Canada talking about the script he had read, uh, he basically told his friend that he wished he'd had a chance to audition, but he couldn't, He the scheduling didn't work out. It just so happened that in that same restaurant, overhearing that conversation was the producer and Nia Vardalos, just unknowingly, they're in the same restaurant at the same time, they overhear him talking about how he wanted to be in the movie. So they walk over and talk to him and offer him the part in the restaurant. What? Yes. Audition unseen. They're just like, it's clearly you. And to be honest, he's great in it. He is really great in it. he does a great it. job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the movie's set in Chicago, but almost all of this movie is filmed in Canada and it has a large Greek population and they all volunteered to be extras. 
And they volunteered not just for extras, but also craft services. They didn't have to pay for almost any craft services on this movie because every Greek restaurant in town just donated food. Oh, I love that Where so much. They would just much. like show up with it. It's pretty great. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, so, it is, but like Greek food every day would get old. I don't know, man. I love it, Greek food. Yeah, yeah. It'd take a while, though, because Greek food's pretty dope. It is pretty great. So the scene where they're driving to the restaurant in the morning where they look kind of sad, it was the last scene filmed for the movie, and they were sad because everyone else had finished the movie, and so it was, was the last day. When Tula's on the porch in her nightgown, you can actually see Eros, the Greek god of love, in the background behind her. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, when the movie came out... Her parents, Nia Vardalos' parents, didn't really understand how big it had gotten. Uh, but she said, hey, I, I think something huge is happening because they've never seen a film playing in so few theaters that is seen by so many people. And her mom just said, that's nice. Now, can you take the chicken out of the oven? Which is great. <laughs> just like, was just like, that's cool. That's kind of like uh, when I told my parents that I had gotten uh, a spot at South by Southwest and they were like, that's nice. What is that? Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. I don't know what that is. So there is a short-lived TV series. There's only seven episodes. John Corbett doesn't come back for it. Yeah, I remember that. But Nia Vardalos does. Nia Vardalos does. And then she also writes the sequel, which I did not know that there was a sequel. It's not as good. I I can imagine. I've never seen it. And this, finally, I guess, last fun fact, uh, this had one of the longest theatrical runs for a film in the home video era. So basically from the point that you could buy VHSs or DVDs when you could actually watch movies at home, movies stopped being in the theater for as long as they used to because you could watch it at home. Yeah. And since that advent, this movie has been in the theaters longer for pretty much than any movie since then. That's awesome. Um, It plays for a full year and some change. Yeah. Um, but those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts. I have a little bit of an update on if they're still together. Oh, no. Yeah. So it was announced on July 3rd, 2018, that Vardalos had filed for divorce from Gomez. So they are no longer together after 23 years of marriage, which is a long time. Like they bummer. made it for a while. Yeah. Let's talk some box office. And Paige, you mentioned that you might know a lot of this. So it may just be Mikey guessing. Yeah, so, I do. Mikey, what do you think the production budget for my Big Fat Greek wedding was back in 2002? One million. All right. The production budget actually was $5 million, which is not nothing, but it's not a whole lot. Especially considering what the movie ends up making. Uh, Yeah, it does pretty well. But if you adjust for inflation, that's around $8 million today. Um, Now, this movie came out or premiered, if you will, on April 19th, 2002. And it was number 20 in the theater the week it came out. It was beat by Scorpion King. Changing Lanes, Murder by Numbers, The Rookie, and Panic Room. And of course, it was 20th that week, so there are a bunch of other movies than this one. It was only released on 108 theaters. Slow burn. It, it got a small release at first and then a wide release much later yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is a this is like one of those movies that was like a word of mouth powerhouse. And it was in the theaters for a little over a year, like you said, Paige. I mean, in the first weekend, it made almost $600,000. And then it, as it gets into more theaters, moves further up the, like the rankings in the, like the weekly rankings and eventually ends up the week of August 30th, September 6th and September 13th. Those weekends was the number two movie in America 
the 20th through 22nd week after its release. I am pretty sure we saw this in October of that year. Oh, yeah. And so we saw it after it was a huge hit already, but it had been in theaters for almost a year at that point. Yeah. So it gets the first time it's in the top five is actually the week before it hits number two, August 23rd. And it was fourth that weekend. It remains in the top five until the weekend of November 1st when it falls to six. So f- pretty much from end of summer into early October, it is in the top five movies. Like, It did not do great in its opening weekend, but it did great. So, Mikey, that brings me to my next question. What do you think it made domestically in its box office run? $165 million. Okay, Mikey, you're not super far off. The total was $241.4 million. So if you adjust that for inflation, that's $385 million. Now, it did get an international release, and that international release was uh, made $133.4 million to put the total box office for the worldwide for this movie up to $374 million. Almost $375. It's $374.8. And if you adjust for inflation, that is almost $600 million. It's one of the highest earning romantic comedies of all time. Yeah. Remember, it was a budget of $5 million that made $347. And that's not even including the whole market performance, which sadly I don't have. But it probably made tens of millions of dollars in that home market. Oh, yeah. Like a shitload of money. I think my parents do. I think my sister does. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody has a copy. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie made tons of money. Yes. Anyway, that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Well, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Charles Popcorn NG. Well, what does Charles Popcorn NG have to say? The Mountain Between Us. Okay. I don't know why this man, <laughs> I don't know why this made me so upset, but The Mountain Between Us was, in all caps, 100% marketed as a romance. <sighs> the year the movie came out, I was working at a movie theater and saw that trailer at nauseum. <laughs> Love the show, but quit being so mean to Mikey. Five stars. Listen, I will say this. I don't know. Like, I wasn't saying you were wrong. I was just saying the movie is not a rom-com. Like, it is not a romantic movie. So I apologize, Mikey. And I, on behalf of Charles Popcorn NG, it may very well have been, like, marketed as a rom-com. But it is not. Paige refuses Agreed. to weigh in. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this week, Paige, you made us watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Next week is my turn. And I thought it would be fun to watch a movie that I... Ooh, let me ask you something really quick. Oh, God. you! I hope you've seen it. If you pick another shitty movie that you've not seen... Mikey, I have seen this movie. I'm also not 100% sure we haven't done it already. So if we have, let me know. But okay. I want to do A Knight's Tale. We have not done it yet. Okay. And I'm very excited. I really yeah. want to do A Knight's Tale because there's like a like Paul Bettany's in this movie. Alan Tudyk is in this movie. Like, I'm fine with that. I think it's just it's as great much a romance. It's Shannon Sossaman. <laughs> it's just as much a romance as uh, The Mountain Between Us. It's more of a romance yeah, than The Mountain no. Between Us. It's definitely more of a romance. Absolutely I don't know about more. that. I don't know about that. It's 100% more. Anyway, so I, I think I'm going to choose... A Knight's Tale. So your homework for next week is to figure out how to make chest armor that is not super heavy and get wine drunk while watching A Knight's Tale. 
and make sure that you've been weighed and measured, but not been found wanting. Yes, absolutely, Paige. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's been 20 years since I've seen this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> it was on TV recently. I think it holds up, if I remember It's correctly. always on TV, okay. but yes, it still holds well, up. Well, awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige... Gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show oh. SHO like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And, guys, we got a P.O. box. So, if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Do you want to see my Greek meat? <laughs> no. Do you have like some of that tzatziki sauce? Because that shit's real good. Oh, yeah. That's going to make a difference. I'm not even sure if it's called tzatziki sauce. I just well, know tzatziki has you it. Will, you can get the sauce. Oh, you know what? Out I'm of- out. I'm out. I don't I don't want to. Nope. I don't nope. want to pull Mm-mm. the white tzatziki sauce out of your Greek meat, Mikey. I've been eating a lot of pickles. Oh, God. But I do think everyone should start butt chugging dirty water. Dirty water. Oh, stop it. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.